Hello and welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast for those who wish to live a gentler, kinder way of life. Oh, I am so delighted to have you here. This is season two of the podcast and I'll be interviewing some truly wonderful souls on their journey in self-kindness. But first, I'd better introduce myself. I'm Peter, a self-kindness and intuitive eating coach. I live in Cornwall and work with soulful nourishers all over the world with one-to-one and group coaching programs. I always have a cup of tea in my hand and a cat within stroking distance. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, just search at Nourishing Soulfully and visit nourishingsoulfully.co.uk for updates on new courses, workshops and one-to-one offerings. At the moment on the website, there's a brilliant five-day video course on creating balance in your life, which is free of charge and you can join the Nourishing Soulfully Club too to gain access to the library full of workshops, courses, ebooks, and audio meditations and breathing techniques. But that's enough about me for now. Let's delve into this week's episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. So today we are joined by Katie, who describes herself as the mummy entrepreneur juggling it all. And Katie pays very close attention to the positives in life, practice mindfulness, and is just such a lovely human being. Welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, Katie. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So about mummy days, sunny days and being a mummy entrepreneur. Um, Okay. I'm a mum of one, uh, soon to be two in a few weeks time. Um, My little boy Ben is almost three. Yeah. Um, And he's such a little character now at um, at this age. Uh, into everything just <laughs> um, oh three yeah. is such a good age isn't it it is very very busy yeah. but uh, yeah a lovely little age um yeah and I suppose mummy days sunny days came along um because I I love being a mum but mm. some days it it can be very tough yeah. um which I think most mums will admit to um it's sort of become a bit more, um, I don't want to say popular, but a bit more allowed. Yes. Allowed to admit it a bit more. Um, mm. And Mummy Days, Sunny Days is just my way of sharing snippets of motherhood. Um, not necessarily all the positives and all, or all the negatives, mm-hmm. just little bits out of my day, little things which we've done. Yeah. Um, and it started really as a separate account to my personal account mm. so that I could be that little bit more open and that little bit more honest without worrying about the people who I who I know, my family and yeah. friends, and what their views were on it and how they perceive it. Mm. Um, didn't want it to be overanalyzed, just yeah. wanted to be able to be me really. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's a really nice way of kind of starting uh, an account like that, isn't it? Yeah, it, like I say, it, it was somewhere that I could sort of express myself a little bit more. I still, I still hold back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I need to share everything. Yeah. But sometimes I think because I've suffered um, with anxiety in the past, uh, I don't want, or I didn't want people to, like I say, overanalyze it and yeah. 
be worried if I said that it was I was having a tough day mm. um, or this was getting me down or that was that was happening mm. then I didn't want people to go oh is everything okay yeah. you, you're fine I just wanted to be able to go to let it out and say mm. today's been really tough but everything's fine yeah yeah things things will sort of come to the forefront um and yeah I think it's just become a bit of a a positive space for me I've I found some mummy accounts to follow I found some accounts based more on mental health to follow mm-hmm. and just people who see the positives and look on the bright side and it's nice to just follow those accounts yeah and, and follow their journeys too and I guess it's lovely having that kind of balance so you've got the mummy accounts there which are sharing the positives and also the kind of everyday um, mishaps and things that go on um, and some of the negatives as well as those kind of positive accounts too so you've kind of got that really nice would you say that you've kind of curated the accounts that you follow to really fit in with the your own um, mental health almost to kind of really look after that and take care of that as well? Yeah, I think so. Like, like I say, a lot of the mummy accounts um, share the positives and negatives. Yeah. And it's it's nice to be able to look at those and go, yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, you know, these things happen to everybody. Um, and then, like I say, the, the mental health accounts with, with positive quotes and, um, and things like that, which... Mm always sort of seem to come at the right time quotes just have a way of doing that don't they yeah I think whatever you're you're going through whatever you're doing you can see a quote and sort of go oh yeah that I can see that how that fits Mm. in with how I'm feeling right now Absolutely. I always think the same as well about books. Like if somebody recommends a book to me, I will prioritise reading it because I just think there must be, for some reason, that person has recommended this at that specific time. And I don't know, I'm very much a believer in the kind of universe and things. And so I always try and prioritise if someone recommends a book, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this a read now because maybe there's something there that I kind of need to know more about or be reminded of. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a bit like that. And, uh, well, I love a book. And if somebody recommends a book, then I find it really hard not to buy it. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> I, I have got quite a pile at the moment, but uh, <laughs> we're making our way through that. <laughs> Lovely. I've got a big pile as well. I'm getting there. I'm getting there with it. Yeah. So how would you kind of describe your journey in self-kindness, Katie? Um, as I say, I... I suffered in the past with um anxiety um and sort of work-related stress Mm. i was a primary school teacher for over 10 years um and it was all i all i'd ever wanted to do all i ever thought i would do i think in the back of my mind there was part of me going you won't still be doing this when you're 60 you know yeah just sort of the pressures um the pressures on teachers these days but it was something which I thought I would do for the long term mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I took a bit of time off work I'd suffered with I'd suffered a miscarriage um and took some time off after that mm-hmm. uh, I returned to work I fell pregnant with Ben and then when I returned to work after having Ben um 
I just found the the juggling of it all a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, and so I, again, I took took a bit of time off, and then lockdown lockdown happened, mm-hmm. and I think lockdown sort of it gave me the time to say, right, let's have a look at myself. I think being off work, it was in the back of my mind going, oh, you'll go back. You'll go back and you'll carry on and things will be fine. Whereas lockdown, I was able to go, right, well, I don't have to think about going back yet. And so what else could I do? What do I want to do? And what do I want for myself? Yeah. Um, And so my journey started as such with actually with your loving kindness workshop um the email course yeah and like I say I felt like I needed something for myself and I was a little bit nervous about it Mm. um sort of it spoke to me but when I started receiving the emails I was a little bit unsure Mm. especially I can remember the part um about messaging people to ask them to describe you in yes in so many words and I was a bit like do I really want to do this (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really nerve-wracking isn't it it is and it's sort of I've I think I felt like nobody's going to say anything negative Mm. it's just as if you're a bit like if you're fishing for compliments yeah and and you're like do do I really want to ask people this um but I think just sort of the tone of the emails and obviously watching you speaking on Instagram it's just so calming that I thought no actually it's fine if people don't want to reply they don't have to reply absolutely I'm not making them do something I'm just asking the question and if I if somebody message me to ask me then I would reply yeah so why wouldn't they kind of thing um yeah and I I messaged my family my friends uh colleagues and it was lovely there was came back um I actually made like a little Venn diagram of common responses yeah (laughs) which I still have um which just gives that little confidence boost yeah now and again when you go oh yeah people people do think that about me yeah you know and when you've got to kind of reassure yourself sometimes but yeah so after that then I I did a little bit of life coaching online Mm -hmm. again like I say with lockdown and just thinking about the bigger picture um I did some life coaching and was able to get like, gain an outside perspective mm. and it can I be think, so useful can't it it can yeah it I worked with somebody who um sort of had been in a similar situation to me yeah. before had come from teaching um and so knew that background but it's it's always nice to have somebody that's not too emotionally involved yeah and you're just able to express yourself and like I say gain gain an outside perspective gain a few hints and tips and um you know could try this why can you look at this um 
and it just gave me the nudge really that I needed uh, like I say in the back of my mind I would have gone back to teaching yeah even though really I knew that I wasn't going to you know it was something yeah. like I, I needed to stop doing for myself for my mental health mm-hmm. um, and being able to work with somebody and just have that little nudge was what I needed to hand in my notice and try and look for something different. Oh, amazing. And I think that that, you know, that kind of um, working with a professional, whether it's a coach or um, a psychologist or a therapist, um, you know, it, it just gives us, like you say, that outside perspective and that chance to speak to someone that doesn't know us and doesn't know the rest of our family and friends. And we can kind of offload on them and, they're able to see the forest for the trees because they're not in our lives and they don't have um, the kind of judgment on what we should do and shouldn't do. Um, And they can kind of give us that really neutral um, space uh, to kind of talk things through and to sometimes, often we kind of come to our own answers, don't we, and decisions. And when we're kind of talking it through with someone that isn't, that we're not watching what we say or how we say it in order not to hurt them or in order for them to think a certain way about us. Yeah, I think as well, sort of, it links back to why I started Mummy Days, Sunny Days, um, to be able to have that openness, Mm. Um, you know, because you always hold back that little bit more with with family and friends yeah because you're you don't want to upset them mm. um and you know that they don't want to see you upset and so you sort of guard it off a little bit mm. um when you really you just want to go just a little step further and like you say with with a professional you can you don't have to worry about their emotional involvement at all yeah and how did it feel handing in your notice um the phone call I I phoned uh phoned my head teacher to let her know that I was I was going to and the phone call was very nerve-wracking yeah um but when I actually sort of handed in my letter sent in my letter it was just a sense of relief, really. Mm. Um, like I say, I struggled for a little while with the pressure and juggling everything. Um, and yeah, it was just uh, the initial moment of relief of, right, that's done. And I think with teaching as well, because you've got to give like half a term's notice, mm it's quite a quite a long process yeah um it's not so much you hand in your notice and two weeks later you've got you've got to really prepare for it because you've got to give so much notice yeah um so yeah there was the relief of handing it in and then you know a couple of days later going so what am I actually going to do now (laughs) (laughs) yeah what do I what do I do with myself um but again because sort of you ha- I handed my notes in in the May but didn't officially finish till the August mm. you've got a bit of time to 
go your head around that and to think about it yeah and, and work something out really amazing yeah. and so what what has your kind of self-kindness changed since you handed in your notice because it's been over a year now hasn't it it has yes yeah um yeah so like I say the initial sort of foray into self-kindness helped me um helped me see who who I was again mm. um and I suppose now it's more help helping me develop um and sort of coming to the realization that you're always on this journey um you know that there is no end point to it yeah which, which is a good thing you know you don't, you don't want to suddenly just stop growing and oh completely yeah and so I... yeah I was just gonna say like it's you know I've worked then I've obviously worked with yourself then on Elevate um which again because I've I'd come to that realization and it was just more about being able to give myself some set time every week um just to focus on myself yeah um and I I loved loved being part of the Elevate course when I initially did it um and I love being part of it again now Oh, Katie, it is so wonderful having you on Elevate and, and to have you on that first enrollment of Elevate as well and just kind of to watch you grow. And, and I think you're right. Um, a huge part of Elevate is the fact that you have to set aside time um, to for personal growth and, and just time for yourself to focus on you. How did it feel? Was it did it feel kind of strange to do that in the beginning? It did. Yeah, um, I think being a mum then it's you know 99% of your time is focused on being a mum and then obviously you've got to try to fit everything else in in that one percent of time um and I'm I'm very much sort of a giver yeah I will do things for other people um and yeah even though I I know that I need to take the time out for myself. I will allow allow myself to forget it. Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Oh well, I was going to do this, but okay, we'll do that instead. Yeah. But uh, being able to go well, actually, I'm on a call at this time, and I'm going to be taking an hour out on this day to look at things then it, it was it was good to be able to do that and sort of gave me the confidence to continue with it even when I'm not on the course and I'm not doing a call I say right this this half an hour now is mine yeah I'm gonna go and sit I'm gonna go read and it's just my time uh well like I say I 99% of it you know is focused <laughs> on Ben yeah um, you can't get away from it he's there most of the time and uh, wants your attention which is <laughs> fair enough. but I started with what I call my my sunny moments journal 
Mm. Um, and it's sort of, it's part daily tracker, part self-kindness logs, part gratitude. Oh, that's um, that's and part amazing. like ta-da list. So how do you so that, include At the end of the day, I can look life. back and go, well, this happened and this was really good. And I actually managed to get some washing done and I actually managed mm. um, to get the washing in. <laughs> getting the washing done getting the washing in are two totally different things oh completely <laughs> yeah and, and I took I took 10 minutes to go play the piano or yeah I took 10 minutes to go and read and I found it really handy as well to note these things down on my phone as I go throughout the day yeah so if I've I've sat and played the piano I just make a little note 10 minutes piano mm. because I know that at the end of the day, after a tough bedtime, then that's all you can think about is, oh, well, I didn't get, didn't get much done. It's just taking yeah. half an hour to get him to sleep. And you forget about all the little things that actually yeah. you do. Um, and then I sort of, I write them down and then I may go back and relook at them and go, actually, that was a, you know, an act of self-kindness there. Yeah um and that was something which I did for myself and just it's nice to be able to reflect on it and and sort of go yeah I I did do something yeah it really is and and I think because our brains are wired to kind of focus more on the negatives and the positives when something negative comes along or something which we're struggling with like um, a difficult bedtime we can then just really focus on that and then forget about as you say all of those positives throughout the day all of the little things which really do add up when you're writing a to-da list it's like oh my god I can't believe I've done all of these things yeah yeah it's you you think you've done nothing throughout the day Mm. um especially some days sort of when on one of my working days when I've got childcare, then you're a bit more productive. Mm. Um, but on the days when, like a mummy day, and we're playing all day and we're doing this and that, and you suddenly go, what have I done today? Yeah. And it's, like I say, it's easy to forget all the little things that you've done, even if it's as sort of mundane as we had lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I made I made something for lunch, you know, which which you can go, well yeah, you do that every day, but some days that's the little thing that that has made the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I I like to um think I I think I've seen the quote, like say on um online somewhere or in a book somewhere I can't remember but um every day may not be good but there's something good in every day I love that quote so much yeah and so there's okay you look for those little things yeah and and it, it gives you that boost then mm. to you know go into the next day going yeah today will be good yeah yeah in, absolutely yeah in the words of uh Captain Tom Moore, isn't it? Mm. Tomorrow will be a good day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do I wonder whether as well that kind of self-kindness and being in the moment and being present, um, you kind of 
learn to or relearn from kind of watching Ben as well? Yeah, it's I I love watching him exploring things, mm. discovering things, and like we were saying earlier, you know, it's a, such a lovely age that he's at now. Yeah, um, and he's developed this this laughter uh, where he may sort of find something a little bit funny and start giggling, and then when you laugh along. It just becomes this, this really over the top laugh, <laughs> which just you know it's lovely to see him him expressing himself in that way. Oh, oh, bless him! What would you say is one of the toughest things when it comes to juggling everything? It would probably be uh, the boundaries mm. and, and the burnout, sort of. Sort of thing, putting those boundaries into place, especially like I was saying on on mummy days, when you start the mum guilt starts to kick in a bit. Yeah. Um, you've got the the mum guilt of going, oh, but I've got to do this and I've got to do that as well, and then you've got the guilt of going, I, I'm I'm not giving him enough attention. I'm giving yeah. him too much attention. And it's a very fine line between knowing what to do for the best. Mm. Um, and I think whatever you do, you question it. Yeah. You know, it, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Um, and some days it's just sort of making myself switch off in the evenings. Yeah. Um, I've always sort of been someone who oh, while I'm watching the train now, I'll just have a little play on the computer. Just, yeah. just Google this or look into that, you know. Mm. And because I'm not doing anything too focused, I can go, oh, it's fine. It's not really work. Yeah. But it is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's not switching that brain off, is it? No, no. And that's, that's the tricky thing sometimes mm. is switching the brain off. But then... Um, I know we've spoken in the past as well about sort of like the self-care toolbox. Mm, yeah. Um, and just having a few things there, a book, some colouring, some sewing, just something that I can pick up and do rather than picking up the computer. Yeah. Uh, or picking up the phone and scrolling. It's just something else to keep you occupied, you know, and, and help your brain switch off a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess it can sometimes sound, if, if no one's really heard of this before, a bit counterintuitive, kind of well, picking up something which is all consuming, but it does help us switch our brain off from the constant thinking and planning and worrying and anxiety when we've got something that we have to focus completely on. So yeah. sometimes it can be really good if it's like a new hobby, because that requires a lot of focus if we don't know what we're doing and we can't do it on autopilot. But things like reading and um, anything with your hands, like painting and sewing or knitting, um, they're just really useful ways of kind of bringing in that mindfulness that that present um feeling and and being in the present without allowing your brain to kind of go off in all directions and start worrying and spiraling again yeah and I, th I think sort of another positive of um 
like say the the manual hobbies like the the sewing and the knitting mm. is that you get something out of it at the end you, you know you've got something something to show for it in a way absolutely and even even if you only spend a couple of minutes on it a day you make progress and you can see this progress and that's really important when we're when we're doing anything if we can't see progress we're more likely to to kind of stop doing it even if it feels good even if it's giving us that time to just be present and switch our brains off yeah yeah I think okay I I play the piano as well but sometimes it can be harder to find 10 minutes to sit and do that Mm. you know because when somebody says oh so what have you done today and you go oh well I played the piano yeah but but there's nobody here to hear it and yeah you know, I've got nothing to show is you could go, oh, I did a bit of sewing and, and now I've got this little bit that's finished and tomorrow I'm going to move on to this bit. Mm. Then, yeah, like I say, it, it shows that you've done something rather than mm. it in there. And it's really lovely as well to have these things to kind of speak to others about too, because quite often we can just get wrapped up in life in our professional lives and our family lives and things and we kind of talk about the same things all the time which is lovely and it's fine and and that is very human to do but it's nice as well to have these hobbies like you were saying if it's sewing or crafting or whatever it is and, and kind of have that to speak about as well because it that again just allows us to have some time and some conversations where we're not anxious and worried or planning or talking about the future or the past or you know it gives us something else to speak about doesn't it it does yeah and I think thinking about it um in sort of in that respect and thinking back to when I was a teacher Mm. I didn't really have the time to do these other things yeah um because there was so much to be doing Mm. then like I say you're constantly thinking about work constantly in work doing work and feeling all those feelings which like like I say I was um quite anxious about things and overwhelmed then there's no getting away from it. Yeah. Um, whereas now, sort of, it's it's easier to build in the boundaries mm. or, or to see the boundaries. Following them can sometimes still be tricky. Yeah. Um, but it's easier to sort of compartmentalise them slightly. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I think as well, when when you are in teaching it's that capacity the capacity and the energy as well you know you you kind of it's really tricky um because a parent kind of says well I've got a child and a teacher say well I've got 30 of them because even when I'm not at school I'm still thinking about them or I'm worrying about them or I'm thinking about something that would really engage them or you know you can kind of be doing anything watching a tv show or trying to switch off but then you'll see something that will remind you of a child in your class or something gives you an idea that you could do which may be the thing it might be the key that's going to help them and then you're back into teaching mode again aren't you you are yeah even now sort of I will see things um and think of certain children that I've taught in the past yeah you know you've you have such such a connection with them that even now like three or four years after I've taught them Mm -hmm. you go oh yeah they they would have loved that yeah 
you know, there's certain children which will forever stick out and, you know, in your minds and do that. But like, like say, when you're in that situation and you're in the teaching profession, then it is all consuming mm. and it is a constant, isn't it? It is. And I think I think part part of the reason it's all consuming is it's children and you want to do the very best for them. You want to kind of give them the best opportunities. And, um, you know, there really is that huge responsibility around it as well, isn't there? There is. Yeah. And I find in now sort of as a parent, but a teacher parent, um, I've seen it from sort of a different perspective, wanting to do the best for Ben. Yeah. And as I was saying about um, earlier with the mum guilt of going, am I doing enough? Am I doing yeah. too much? You know, I, I'm trying to set up sort of activities for him to do. And then saying to myself, I don't, you don't need to put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. But coming from the teaching background, you're like, oh yeah. we can do this oh we'll, we'll try this now mm. rather than sometimes maybe just go in he's fine he's playing he's happy yeah and sometimes <laughs> we can do, we can just know too much can't we and then with that I think that that's where that pressure and that guilt can come from we know all of these things and how amazing they could be if they were implemented or tried out and things but also then there isn't enough time to do it all either no no yeah, and that's it. It's sort of um, sometimes when he does things, I'm like, oh, that's really good for his age. Yeah. You know, I wonder what if he could do this. Mm. And then the other part of me is going, just let him play. Yeah. <laughs> just let him play. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a fine balance between the two. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of balance, what would a dream weekend look like for you? Um, <laughs> I think I think there would be two different scenarios. Ooh. I think there would be the family scenario and then there would be a purely Katie scenario. Oh, tell us both of them. I think, um, I think sort of with the family scenario, like I've said before, I'm just loving watching Ben explore and discover. Um, and it would just be a day out somewhere, somewhere new, somewhere mm. he could run around, um, see, see new things, take it all in, like, a sculpture trail or yeah or the zoo or oh. somewhere that he would be discovering and, and finding things for himself mm. um and just sort of spending time with myself my husband and, and Ben and obviously the baby when the baby comes and just having that a quality family time mm. um yeah and then on the other, on the other hand, the purely Katie weekend um, would definitely involve a lie-in. Oh yes, most definitely. <laughs> um, and a spa day, a switch off, sort of a switch off from technology with a good book. 
Yeah. You know, good meal, glass of wine, just just purely time to myself. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. That sounds really lovely. <laughs> so how are you embracing self-kindness in pregnancy? Um, I think the second time around now, it's it's trickier yeah. uh, with a toddler. <laughs> I can imagine, Katie. <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of that, that thing of I'm more focused on on what it means to be self-kind during pregnancy. Yeah. But it's not always easy, as easy to implement yeah. when you've got, when you're running around after a three-year-old or nearly three-year-old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think at the beginning it was napping with, mm. when I could. Um, lots of quiet time for yeah. Ben so that mummy could uh, close her eyes a bit. Um, but yeah, just just listening to my body as much as I can. Yeah. Um, having a nice relaxing bath or an early night, which is pretty impossible in this heat, but... Uh... <laughs> it really is. We're recording this episode on what I reckon will probably be one of the hottest days this year. What do you think, Katie? Yes, they've, they've issued an, an extreme weather warning, haven't they? Yeah, they have. It is the 20th of July, so it's it's feeling very hot at the moment. Um, and is. I've got to say, it's feeling pretty much as hot as it kind of used to get in Barcelona as well around yeah. this time of year. Last last few days have been have been tricky, but yeah, uh, we haven't got long to go now. So no. hopefully, the weather will just cool a little bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I think as well, sort of in, in respect of um, sort of personally, it's just, it's sharing what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I think previously when I had been, I was working in a school. There were lots of people mm-hmm. um, and you were out and about seeing lots of people, whereas with lockdown now and my my working situation now it's not so full-on um and sort of previously there were lots of voices lots of opinions Mm -hmm. (coughs) excuse me lots of questions which can sometimes feel a little bit intrusive Mm. um you know sort of the do you know what you're having what do you think you're having How, how are you how are you feeling? Are you, do you feel big? Do you feel small? Yeah. And you kind of go, I, I don't know. Mm. But you feel like you have to give an answer. Um, whereas now I'm sort of able to go, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm having and we're not finding out and, and that's that. Yeah. Thing. Um, sort of, I think the journey of self-kindness has given me that quite confidence to Mm -hmm. to be able to say that um and not like say obviously with with lockdown and things then it's you're not seeing so many people and not so many people are asking obviously family and friends are still asking but it's 
it's different with yeah. them. Um, whereas I think when more acquaintances sort of come up and start asking you, you're a bit like, I don't know if I want to talk <laughs> to you about this. <laughs> It's so strange, isn't it? Because people don't tend to ask us such kind of personal questions um, when we're not pregnant. No, it's, it's one of those things where people just feel like they can ask whatever they want. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is strange. Absolutely. Yeah. So the question I'm asking all guests on this season of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast is if you could add anything to be taught in the curriculum in primary and or secondary schools what would it be what do you wish you were taught at school? Um, I was always quite academic in school mm. um, and I loved loved learning um, went into teaching because I loved it so much mm-hmm. But I think looking back now, as a teacher, as an adult, I can see lots of missed opportunities um, that may have been more beneficial. Yeah. Uh, I think when I when I left teaching, there was a lot of work starting to be done around. Um, well-being and emotional literacy and things like that mm-hmm. uh, which were just fantastic yeah. um, and some of the some of the practitioners that we had doing those those sort of roles um, were amazing but I feel like it needs to be given the time and the focus that it deserves mm. rather than trying to be added on to what already is in the curriculum. Um, Absolutely. I think for some children, especially the schools in which I've worked, it would be way more beneficial than some of the more traditional subjects like your history and your geography. Um, I think for some of the younger younger ones, this type of thing is, is way more important yeah. to them. Um, and then I suppose on a secondary level, it would sort of be following on with that and just a bit more about life. Um, as I say, I've, I've gone through miscarriage um, and things, and I know it's, it's a tricky subject, Yeah. but there's, it's not something which is touched upon at all. Not at all. And and it's just not something that which is spoken about, really, is it? No. And it's, it's just, I'd say it's things as well, like life management, like money management and things like that, which aren't really, like I say, aren't really spoken about. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden you're an adult and you've got all these different responsibilities and, and you don't really know where to go and what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Some of it can be quite technical um, mm. and like the language that's being used and you go in, I don't understand any of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I think the other thing for me, I've, I've now taken on a franchise of baby signing um, mm. and something which I've, 
I've felt quite strongly about before doing the baby signing franchise was using sign language within the classroom. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's such an invaluable skill. It really is. And would connect people so much mm. if it was taught from a young age. Um, and I think coming from coming from Wales, where we implement Welsh um, incidentally throughout, throughout the school day, um, it's in all parts of the curriculum, then I think sign language is something which could be done on a very similar basis of just introducing signs incidentally um, in the classroom. Absolutely. I know, I know lots of schools use forms of sign language with additional needs. Yeah. But I think even for like the youngest of learners, the visual aspect of it would really help, um, would really help some of them with understanding what, what is being asked of them. Yeah. Um, and then it can just be developed throughout throughout the school journey you know we like say in, in Wales obviously we have we teach Welsh um, and we have Spanish and French and Italian and I just think that British sign language is something which could be added into that absolutely it's such a such an important one for for home yeah it really really is yeah I know that I I did my um, a qualification in British Sign Language a few years ago, and I can remember going to get my wedding dress dry cleaned, mm. and the lady in the shop was deaf, um, and she started sort of communicating by writing things down, yeah, and just being able to have a simple conversation with her, you know, is along the lines of. I'd gone with my sister and we just spoke about how we were sisters um, and and different things. But such a simple, short conversation, but you could see that, see her face had light up a bit. Yeah. She was able to talk to somebody, not just through pen and paper. Absolutely. And it's like, it's communication, isn't it? And, you know, we need two things for true happiness in life and it's communication and safety if we have those two things then we really can kind of achieve that happiness and and I completely agree with you kind of teaching sign language in schools really really should be prioritized how can people find out more about signing with babies uh well I'm actually part of the tiny talk franchise Mm -hmm. um so tinytalk.co.uk and we have Tiny Talk baby signing classes all throughout the country, England, Wales and Scotland. Um, We do baby signing classes, newborn communication and toddler talking classes too. That's amazing, Katie. That's really, really fantastic. Um, I've got one final question for you. How are you going to be kind to yourself this coming week? Um... First and foremost, lots of tip tops, lots of shade, 
and a nice cool paddling pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the the main thing I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it's take as I was saying, taking that time out in the evenings. It's actually my last week in work this week, um, and so I, I'm trying to get everything wrapped up, ready for my maternity leave which can be quite there's quite a lot that I want to get done yeah so it's it's making sure that I take that time to switch off in the evenings and enjoy enjoy my time with with Dale and with Ben oh amazing sometimes what we can kind of do with a deadline looming for maternity or for annual leave or anything like that we we can kind of work so much more we can work longer hours thinking it's okay because then I'm not working but um, it's so important to kind of build in those breaks and that downtime as well because if not we just kind of burn out don't we yeah yeah definitely um and yeah I've I've sort of just come back from a bit of burnout mm. um, and so I I need to get myself nice and calm now ready for when the baby arrives and things yeah. just get a bit chaotic again. No. <laughs> oh Katie how can people find you online? I am on um, Instagram at Mummy days, sunny days. Yeah. Mummy days underscore sunny days. Um, and then I've also got a tiny talk page of tinytalk.sewales.valleys on Instagram and Facebook. That's fantastic. Katie, thank you so much for speaking to me today and coming on the podcast as a guest. It's been an absolute honour and a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I've loved it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And as a little reminder, because you are a soulful nourisher now, you've listened to an episode. As soulful nourishers, we know that resting is an investment in ourselves, our well-being, our energetic capacity. We know that play is not just for children, it enables souls of all ages to connect to creativity and joy. As soulful nourishers, we know that food is love and joy. It fuels, connects and creates. It is culture, tradition and nourishment. We know that breaks give our mind time to refocus. And we know that relaxing is the act which creates energy. It is not a waste of time. Above all, as soulful nourishers, we know that we are doing the best we can with the resources, time, energy, knowledge, wisdom, experience and capacity that we have to hand, always. Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter and the Cats.